0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is rj bell
1: that's right week one college football bowl season with my wise guy roundtable to my left brad powers all the college knowledge 11 and 3 on best bets in front of me in college sharp infested waters steve Ezek to my right also college expert ken thompson i'm rj bell Guys, a lot of love. A lot of love. 20 and 6 from the college experts. By the way, that's Brad and Ken. 20 and 6. And today, more action than I expected. We're going to do every bowl game starting on Saturday's bowls through next Wednesday. The next week, pod comes out Wednesday. Hey, listen early, but still you won't have to worry about that night's games. We'll start next week on Thursday's games. And let me tell you, we have some rarities. Number one, we've got a double best bet, but actually it's a triple best bet. Triple best bet. Fezzik, Ken, and Dave Esler, who, let's be candid, his brand, his following, building, comes into town, wins a bunch of money, leaves town. (laughs) I think he had like an $89 flight. Who knows? He might start coming in more and more, he said. And the VIG hated it. Oh, so many people on Twitter were saying, everyone pays the VIG on the NFL pod except Dave Esler. And everyone was laughing. Who likes bookies? Ooh, dastardly. I mean, I, you know, not all of them, but some of them. He smells. They smell those bookies. All that Esler does is win RJ. <laughs> it's funny because, because, uh, Maddie was going like, oh it, it's like it doesn't even make sense his handicap and it's like yeah not to your Vegas, you know not to your it's like the great line of sicario great movie mm, have agree. you seen sicario yes great oh one of my favorites i saw it in the theater twice i've seen it like four times on hbo but
2: uh as as you haven't seen it because it came out in the <laughs> last 20 years
1: but venicio goes What you see and what I tell you, it's not going to make sense. I think it's what you see isn't going to make sense to your American eyes. And the idea that from, you know, and we all know this, it doesn't matter if it's America. It doesn't matter what country it is. We all have a perspective. And even within the country, obviously, different perspectives. But we have the perspective and the perspective is something let's see the way to say that, that that it doesn't, you know, it's funny if you think back to some of the atrocities in history, right? And obviously we could think of many, do we think all those people were evil and like somehow we're great, but they were evil? No. Right. It's, it's, it's that at the time, all the things they saw and everything that was the best they could do. One day we might look back and say, the fact we're eating fruit is some atrocity and we don't understand that fruit feels pain. Who knows, right? And would we, like we would say, never occurred to me. And I don't even think we can fathom what it was like to live 2,000 years ago or whatever. And, but it, to me, great. But either way, great movie, Sicario. But I love the idea that the Vegas echo chamber and, and, and the, the fact, quite frankly, that Esler's out of it and he's willing to, To say, oh, you think this is square? Oh, you don't agree with this? I don't give a care. Let's go. Showtime! Woo! (laughs) First game. Oh, I don't, I think I teased it, but I didn't mention it. So we had the triple like and another rarity, a best bet crossfire. Brad Powers, Steve Fezik, Mono E. Mono. Utah State, North Texas. Our line, Utah State favored by
3: eight. Ken Thompson, you like the total. Yeah, I like the over in this game, RJ. It's going to be the first of five bowl games coming up on Saturday. But a Utah State team, if you haven't seen this offense, you're going to have trouble stopping it. I know Matt Wells has gone off now to Texas Tech, and they'll go with an interim coach, and it's always a concern in a bowl game. Uh, North Texas as well. Mason Fine, a guy that's going to uh, go up and down the field. I think this game's going to be very high scoring, and I just think uh, you know defenses are going to be a little bit looser. Uh, it's just a game that I looked at, and right away, I didn't want to take a side. I looked at Utah State initially, and then North Texas. They haven't lost a game by more than eight spread was eight. So I said, you know what? Let me focus in on the total. I looked at the total and I said, you know what, this game, I see this game being in the low seventies. All right. So under the total and
1: what's the best current number right now? 67. All right, I'll check that. So Brad, why don't you jump in on the total and then jump to the side? Little
2: indifferent on the total. Although I'll say this, not, I'm not as afraid to play. It's a relatively high total in the bowl. 67, uh, not afraid to play overs early in bowl games because there's not that significant time off where the offenses sometimes can get a little bit stale because.
1: So let, the time off affects offenses more.
2: It does, in my opinion, especially in today's day and age because everything's so precision timing with a lot of these pass offenses. So if you're off two weeks instead of four weeks, big difference in my opinion.
1: Now, Fez, do we, cause usually when there's rust phenomenons, uh, crowd enthusiasm phenomenons, we tend to emphasize the first quarters you like the idea of late bowl games uh, looking to play under first quarters? I do. And I also like the
4: fact that oftentimes, RJ, bowls are higher scoring, especially the early bowls. So what
1: happens if you sometimes- well, Is that because of lack of, sometimes there's a lack of, defense requires the most effort and there's a lack of effort on D? Yes. And these, these aren't- So hold on. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Explain, expound upon that. The
4: biggest games, oftentimes the teams bring the biggest effort. The game means everything and defense travels in that situation great. Whereas sometimes on offense, when a really big game, you're tight, you're nervous. Think about the Super Bowl in the first quarter when the game starts. But by the time, but the early bowls, I think are much more I hate to call them exhibition games, but I don't see mm. that same level of effort. And so what happens oftentimes, it seems like I'm always reading an article two weeks into the bowl season. Oh, all you got to do is bet over and you make money. And then all the late bowl totals start to inflate upwards. And that's the time to be contrarian and play under in the later bowls.
1: So think about that. A couple of factors that make you think under in the later bowls. Number one is the idea of nervousness. These are big games. Number two, big games mean intensity on defense when it matters more. Whereas if you know for sure both, neither team's going to be intense, you want to look over because it takes more intensity to play defense. And then lastly, the idea of rust. So those are three things that all point to overs later. Or I'm sorry, unders later. You guys agree with that? Yeah, I do. Okay. So Brad, you on the side... You lean North Texas.
2: Uh, Yep. Lean North Texas here on the dog. I think number one factor for me is the interim coach for Utah State. In this case, it's a co-defensive coordinator, Utah State. No chance for this co-DC to get a job as far as the Utah State head coaching position goes. Utah State's already hired their head coach. So in my opinion, you might get a little bit of a substitute teacher effect here. Matt Wells has gone to Texas Tech, has taken a co-OC and a co-DC with him, So all that loss of man hours. Negative impact, in my opinion, on Utah State. Therefore, I lean North Texas. So why not like? Mm. Well, cause I like? Well, because, I mean, in all honesty, could have gotten a much better number. The Sharps have been over this one. Opened 11. Could, I mean, could have gotten 10 for a few days. Now at eight. It, I mean, it's pretty much all about the number, RJ.
1: Okay. So this is, and, and again, that's the catch 22 with these lines. And we said it, right? Bowl games move more than any other. Sport, I would make the case. Um, part of that, I think, is driven by the amount of time, you know, but we've talked about it. So if you like something, you've got the ability to play it early, play it early. And, and I also think this is a macro point is with line moves that are major, it's almost like you can't play either side. So, Fez, think about it. This game opened 11, North Texas down to eight. That means the pros looked at it at 11, said, gimme, gimme, 10 and a half, gimme, gimme. Now, different pros, maybe we can debate who's taking, you know, if you take the eight and a half, why you, why didn't you take the 11? Okay, fine. Sometimes it's going to be those syndicants want so much money on it. They're willing to take the lesser numbers, right? If I know a line should be 20 and the lines four. I'm going to bet it at four. I'm going to bet it at four and a half. But usually 99% of the time, the line's not that far off. So maybe let's start with that question. Who's taking eight and a half? Because no recreational batter's taking it.
4: Yeah, these are all pros. and I think, So who's
1: taking eight and a half?
4: I think pros that have been betting the NBA. They've been betting college basketball. They're betting the NFL. We, we think about in terms, RJ, sometimes that we're just doing one sport. There's a limited number of hours in the day to do all this. And some of the, the I think the sophisticated pros are just getting around to doing First pros, of all, I would football make, bowl betting.
1: I would make the case sophisticated pros aren't betting multiple sports.
4: Oh, I think they are.
1: Uh, they share your your handicap okay so they're not so if that's the case in in your college guy says the uh sunday night the the bowl lines come out he says north texas plus 11 you're gonna wait a couple weeks to bet it no so the only way waiting makes (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs)
4: bet it now damn it (laughs) now hey it's me fez (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> what was that? It's like he knew it sounded bad, so he went for a Mountain Dew real quick to like get these vo- – he might start doing steroid injections in his vocal cords or something. <laughs> I mean, the, the freaking Duke can bench 200 pounds, but he- <laughs> There's rumors I'm on the roids already. <laughs> well, you would love those rumors. That's the kind of rumor you'd like. But the point of fact is the guy's – It only makes sense to just get around to college if they're handicapping all the sports themselves. Yes. And I mean, as you, I think, very wisely approach it, you've got your kind of uh, market reading you do. You've got a few spots you like to play. But otherwise, in college football, you're listening to Brad, you're listening to Ken, you're listening to your private sources, and then you're interpreting that. Right, But you're not handicapping the games. You're not originating the games. Except for, there are exceptions, but not very many of them. Yes. So, again, I'm going to ask you who that's winning. And maybe these are the duct tape shoe guys, right? And they're not winning. But who's winning and taking eight and a half? Not very many people. Yeah. So, but let's just assume that you think the last number, because really when the number stops moving... It's the sharp saying, we no longer think there's value here. Now, in theory, if there was no VIG, you could make the case that plus eight and a half has value and plus or minus eight has value. Because if the line's supposed to be eight point two five in between the two, you could actually you know, very small value at plus eight and a half and minus eight, right, Fez?
3: Yes. Plus eight and a half goes over time you can't lose.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, now, to me, the fact that you got to bet the minus 110 most of the time, some people have minus 105s in some spots, but let's say generally 110. What do we call break even in college through like this corridor of 10 to 8, a point and a half, right? It's got to be more than that. I don't think it's
4: profitable to lay seven and a half and take nine and a half. Eight and nine don't land all enough. All
1: right, so that's even more the case. So Perfect. let's call it generally a point and a half, but these are some dead numbers. Right. I, and again, you know this better than me, Fest. So that means for you to think, okay, the Sharps batted all the way down to eight, so they thought eight and a half was profitable to lay 110, a plus eight and a half. For me to lay 110, Line's gotta get to what? Seven, a, seven. Seven. Yeah. So it's one of those things when a line moves a lot, it's hard to be, bet the last number, but it's hard to go the other way because you're now fading at minus 110, a half a point away from when the sharps just laid it. Right. Mm-hmm. So the weird thing is with a big line move, it almost makes the game unbattable. Do you agree with that? Frank? I agree. Now in the NFL, and I think even in college, like if this baby runs to six and a half come game day, a lot of the recreational betters and the, the half sharps aren't going to say, oh, it could have been 11. They're just, hey, I like the dog here. And look, the sharps are on it. You know, I read something today that blew my mind. It was an interview with a sports batter in Jersey. And they were asking him, Did you, I sent you a, a, a screenshot of this. Yes. And why don't you explain what, what he was saying about uh, line shopping lines?
4: They're saying you don't really need to shop lines. You just need a book that lets you buy half points oh. and get the same line as anywhere in the world. So why would you need to shop at multiple books?
1: Now, oh, wow. now listen, we can sit and judge and all that. And, and and I'm sure there's people in a lot of, you know, there's people looking at Brad's outfit right oh, I mean. now yep. and saying, you know, like designers in L.A. laughing. We all got our expertise. But I think it's important to remember the market in general has a vast majority of people. It's not thinking like we are and that's why I really believe if all you get out of the dream preview is every half point matters, shop lines, you know that kind of thing. all the others that's 80% of it. It really is low you know make sure you don't bet too much per game, don't bet too many TV games, shop your lines. That's 80% of the value. And you know, one thing I want to bring up to people because I get this question all the
0: time. Maybe more
4: than half, but yeah, I think half or more clients ask me this all the time. I'll give out a release at plus five. Say, I really like this game. And then the line goes down to four and a half. And some clients have asked me Fez, I should get your number, right? I should buy that half point up. And I say, look, and I think it's fine. I give give a price sensitivity. It's fine to play this plus four and a half, lay a dollar 10. What you can't do is to buy a half point on a crummy number like five that doesn't land very often and pay an extra 10 cents.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, they are selling you, except for the rarest of exceptions, they're selling you half points at a premium. So think about it like anything else. I want to buy... This pass to the buffet and it's, I can go the whole month for do the math. And if they're selling it to you at a premium, you don't buy it. If they're selling it to you at a discount, buy it. Right. And if a number, the only thing I, I don't even know if there's any set, does anyone sell seven for a dime anymore? Fez?
4: yes in very rare places because that used to be very calm and you know some some the place I know of it lets you buy onto the seven and not off of the seven their logic being RJ oh well if it lands on the number you'll push you
1: won't win well, and actually you think about it if you can avoid but in a weird way that's more valuable because you because you dollar you're 10, yes. ten instead of instead of winning a dollar. And back in the old days. There so played- so. just to be clear, buying on to three is worth slightly more than buying off a of three.
4: Yes. And buying onto an integer is almost always better than buying off of an integer.
1: Yeah. So listen, if you're not buying seven for a dime or you're not buying three for 20 cents, which is anywhere doing that now?
4: There's still a few places, but that's break even to buy.
1: That's what I say. Yes. But if you like it, It's
4: right. a little and it, protection no, two, not, have to you're
1: three. not losing anything there. Yes. Right. In the NFL. In NFL. Yeah. Forget it in college. College is only worth it. Otherwise learning. just yeah. don't buy half. But what I'm saying is how crazy it is. I don't need a shop for this because I can pay ten cents for it. It shows you the price sensitivity of most betters is is almost nil. And we and in a weird way we should embrace that. Yes. <laughs> Pregame.com, RJ Bell with the Wise Guy Roundtable. Any closing thoughts on North Texas, Utah State? No. Tulane, UL Lafayette. Tulane favored by three and a half. Fez, you like it.
4: Yeah, I like Lafayette plus the three and a half. I was looking through Lafayette's schedule, RJ. Frankly, I'm shocked at how difficult it was. They had to play at Mississippi State. They got crushed. At Alabama, they got crushed. And they had to play at App State, who's a really good under-the-radar team, twice. They lost both those games against App State by 10 and 11. But you got to play four games against premium opponents on the road. It is going to skew your stats year-to-date big time. And I'm going to make the case that based on that schedule, I think Lafayette a little bit underrated in the statistics.
1: You lean that way, Brian.
2: Yeah. I lean towards the Lafayette side. Plus the points here. Both teams are very similar. They're very run oriented. Both like to run more than 60% of the time. So to me, when you're running the football, it's all about sustaining drives. Huge advantage for you, all uh, Lafayette here. They're on third down. As far as their converting percentage, number 10 in the country to lane on third down on offense, number one thirteen. I trust Lafayette to be able to have more success on the ground. Therefore, I like the Raging Cajuns, lean Raging Cajuns.
3: I can, you lean the other way. Yeah, I lean two lane. I just like the core. I like the coach. I like the team. I like, you know, i it's it's one of those balls, RJ, that I looked at and I said, "Man, this is this is a coin flip game." But when in doubt, I'm going to go with the team that is playing the best ball right now. They've won four of their last five. The Green Wave got a couple quarterbacks. Banks is uh, probably going to be able to go, but you got McMillan and Banks, and both guys are adequate. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to just going to lean there again. There's nothing great about this game, and that's why it's one of the two leans out of the seven games that I had. Next game: Eastern Michigan, Georgia Southern. And we got Ken, we're staying with him liking something. Yeah, and I'm gonna go with Georgia Southern. I really like the way Shea Wirtz runs the offense. This guy is dual threat. He doesn't throw the ball too much, under a thousand yards, but ten touchdowns, RJ, no interceptions. That's uh you know, when you're running that option and you're able to, you know, be perfect as far as throwing touchdowns, you know, that's pretty good. And you got field, you got Garrett, you got Kennedy, you got right, you got four guys that are gonna help him out running the ball down the throat of eastern Michigan. Again, in the Mac. Where are you seeing this type of offense? You're really not. And so I think it's an efficient offense. It's a well coached team. It's a team that takes advantage of turnovers plus 22 turnovers. Again, a lot of people look at turnovers and go, well, you know, that's, if that's what you're, you're standing on turnovers are lucky. Not when you have 27 of them and you've only given up five. Eastern Michigan's pretty good. They're a plus 10 on their turnovers as well. They're a team that's played well inside their conference and they're a hot team. They've won five of their last six games. But to me, Georgia Southern, they're, they're like a machine. They're just going to go up and down the field. They're going to run that offense. They're a team that can take care of business, and uh, I think the Eagles are going to roll in this game. You know, I disagree with Ken on the turnovers. Which Eagles? Oh, Georgia
1: (laughs) Southern. Good good
3: call. Good call.
1: I disagree with Ken on the turnovers in the following way. I, I agree with him that sometimes there's going to be elements of skill, and obviously, especially with quarterbacks throwing interceptions or not, that affect the net turnover margin. But I think that whatever luck there is, and it's significant, is fully accounted for, meaning if a team is minus 22 in turnovers or plus 22 or whatever, some extreme number, their record is pretty much going to be tethered to that number. You can't win. It's the rarest of cases you can win turning the ball over a bunch more than your opponent. You're going to lose when you turn the ball over a bunch. You're going to win when you don't. Right. Right. Otherwise, that's where the games get exciting, where it's about the same turnover, maybe one, one way or the other. So if a team is like super positive in turnovers, you're right, Ken. There's a lot of their wins they deserve, but there's going to be some of those wins that were the good luck. So Fez, I mean, this is something we've been debating for years is luck, skill, turnover. To me, as I keep thinking about it, it's like all of the results of the, every one of those turnovers that a team is, let's say, plus. Help them win games, like not every individual one, but you add them all up, it all helped them win games. Even if only a third of it's luck, then those wins make the team overrated by that amount.
4: Agreed. And I think you've got to look at some teams like Alabama, for instance. What do we expect their turnover differential is going to be at the end of every year? Probably plus one per game just because they have such better athletes. But I think that that's the exception. Most teams we'd anchor – what well, we expect their turnover yeah, I mean, amount to be closer to zero. Except I think
1: if you have an option team that's and not, that's one. hardly throwing the ball. Yeah. Like, like there's going to be how aggressive are you on offense is I think going to be the main
3: driver and how good your quarterback is. And RJ, you would think element of surprise. In other words, they're running the offense so effectively that for the guy to have 10 touchdown passes and no interceptions that there's nobody looking for the pass when he's throwing for that touchdown pass. No, it's true. I mean, again, I, I think as time has passed, the idea
1: of run the ball a bunch but be super effective when you throw is maybe a little outdated in general. But I think the concept, I'd rather do that than be a bad passing team. It just strikes me the best passing teams are better than the best running teams these days because yep. the rules are tending towards making it easier to pass. Yep. And I do think, and again, not that I'm a ma- an expert at this, and Brad, you know a lot more than me, but just the seven-on-seven seven stuff. I mean, we're getting to the generation now where these kids have been playing football 12 months a year. and throw, I mean, think of what practice was like in football. Like, watch the movie. If, if you're in your 40s or older, you've probably seen it. And if you're younger, it's on cable a couple of times a month. All the right moves. All right? What was it? Six-two-stack monster it is... How much were they passing in those practices, right? Rifleman, how much (laughs) passing time did he get, right? And I mean, just knowing with me growing up, there wasn't a lot of passing going on. Now they're passing all day, all night. It's like the kids, think of soccer. Why isn't America great at soccer or the US? It's our kids aren't walking down the street at eight years old with a soccer ball. And in Brazil, they are. And now it's like, why weren't the teams in the 80s great passing teams? Because they weren't living day-to-day, pass, pass, pass. Now they are. You
2: agree with that, Brad? Absolutely. All right. What do you think in this game? Lean on the Eastern Michigan side. You're talking about Georgia Southern's option. I think an advantage Eastern Michigan has is they faced the option earlier this year in Army. And I get it. They gave up 37 points. But a lot of that was you know, due to turnovers and Army hitting some big plays. But really, when you look at the main factor in stopping the option, looking at Army's rush stats, Army only had four yards per carry. It sounds maybe like a lot. That's actually second lowest total for Army this year in their 12 games. So Eastern Michigan, for the most part, did the job in stopping the option. Now you got extra time to face an offense that you already saw this season. I'm going to lean on the Eastern Michigan side. And the turnovers, I do think make Georgia Southern overrated. How do I know that? Here's a nine and three team that's getting out gained on the season. To me, you know, say what you want. They're not going to commit as many turnovers because they're not throwing. But I still think, generally speaking, Georgia Southern's overrated at nine and three. Let me, right.
3: I, let me ask you just one question Who would you take on a neutral field? Would you take Eastern Michigan or Appalachian State? Well, I, I mean, obviously, I'd take Appalachian State. Okay, well, Georgia Southern did away with their uh, great defense. Oh, oh my God. God. So, so I mean, there are plus four is or
2: five turnovers in the game, and Appalachian it, but State that's playing on, a backup quarterback I mean, in his first game. Why is that oh. not
3: part of the game, RJ? I don't get that. What game? If you take four or five turnovers away from one team, evidently, you're creating the turnovers. And, and listen, back backup the, quarterback in his first start? Get out of well, here. Well, first of all, Brad...
2: I, you know what? Just you know that I'm what, making this a like. You want to make it a like? We'll get a bet. Well, right first now. of all, let, let's get something. Hold on.
1: Ken is like so in the right here. Right. Not about the handicap. I don't know enough to say that. But Ken's here liking. That means it's an he's inviting any one of us to bat him. There we go. There we go. There are some balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to play the suspense with Brad. But he finally had some ball. I mean, you can't be that adamant. His pick is wrong and not yeah. bet him. It was almost like you were just redeeming yourself here.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know who's quarterback in Freester, Mish? Tyler Wiegers. You think so? Because Glass, uh, Glass might play. So I just, I didn't know that both quarterbacks are listed as uh, Glass was actually, and, I, and he would be, because he's a dual threat, he would be the guy that probably gets it if he's uh, able to go. Fair enough. So what's your point? No, I'm just saying he doesn't even know who's quarterbacking for a team. He's betting on Then, then in but, a weird way, you got to give him more credit. Why? Cause he's got balls. Well, he put it as a lean and then he's just doing it just because I, just because I don't know, just to argue. And then he gets, <laughs> I don't know. You know what it could be is Ken's a little behind you on your best bets? And, and maybe so because he has two games more than he bet. We both have, I'm, I'm nine and three. He's 11 and three. Well, which so- is better. You well, can give two but when did, bets when did bets he get? Week? Yeah, so he must have well, two, two bets. With, yeah. I mean, no one's mad at you over it, but come on. He does have
1: the better record. And I think, I love it. I love that these guys are 20 and
3: six. And they're, fi- they're fighting to be number one. It's a beautiful well, because, thing. because the West Virginia game that I ended up giving out at oh. three and a half was two and a half on Tuesday, I guess. I, and then that's the only thing. Otherwise I should be 10 and two. There you go. We're good. <laughs>
1: I mean, usually Fez gets that music. <laughs> you know, you know what this is like? This is like when you have two thoroughbred brothers. Like one brother's a year older and they're both like, you know, the and and they're just competitive. They're going for the same girls or going for the captain of the football team and who benefits. In that case, the dad, he gets his boys competitive. In this case, it's the listeners. All you out there, you got Ken grinding. He's got like 20 pages of notes. Brad's grinding and they're all part of the fan. In fact, this is the perfect time. I had a little special coupon ready. Let's do it right now. Here, here we're gonna, here's what I'm going to do for you guys in honor of the intensity of these guys and how, much, how optimistic I am about their college bowl season. All right, so we got a bowl package up right now. Now, this baby comes down on Friday. Let me confirm that. Give me one second here. Yeah, through Friday, you can get every pick from Ken Tom's. Everyone through the bowls, one forty nine. You want Brad Powers, one forty nine. I'm going to do two things for you. I'm going to put them both together for two forty nine. Get Brad. Get Ken. Get them both. Every pick two forty nine. And I'm also going to give you a coupon. Bowl 10, B O W L 1 0. So all caps, B O W L, the number one, the number zero, 10 bucks off of anything. So if you just want to cherry pick a pick, get it. That's fine. And if you want to take advantage now, imagine this. You're getting 50 bucks. First of all, the 149 price goes up Friday. This is like the early bird, early bird. Now you're getting 50 bucks off that if you get both of them. The guys that went 20 and six in front of you, in front of the world. And then you can get 10 more dollars off or use that 10 for anything. So, bowl 10 on anything, $10. Get Ken 149, get Brad 149, or get them both 249. That's how daddy tells the boys good work fighting hard. <laughs> no blood, no foul. All right, anything else in this game? Next game. Oh, Brad, I had a question for you, an open question. Back in the day, Handicapping 101 was quirky offenses aren't as effective in bowls because the opponent has time to prepare. Are there any quirky offenses left other than the option? Meaning, since almost everyone is some type of spread, Mm. and if they're not, they're pro-sat.
2: Yeah, maybe Washington State leech a little bit. But he's still just a variation of the air raid, right? Pretty much. Other than the option, no really quirky offense left. But in general,
1: part of your handicap here, if I heard you right, was Eastern Michigan had played the option this year, yep. and they have extra time. Yep. So in general, compare that to a midseason game where you don't play, haven't played the option this year and usually don't every year, let's say, it's out of conference or whatever, and you only have one week to prepare. Two ends of the extreme on prep. You're like,
2: that's why I bet it. Good luck, Ken.
1: Well, first off, <laughs> Ken's the one that came. You're the one that came in with a weak, a limp listed, a limp wristed
2: lean. I need so, an extra like.
1: <laughs> Next up, UAB Northern Illinois. UAB two and a half. We got a oh a triple like on this one. Let's let fast start it off.
4: Yeah, I like UAB. This is a ten and three team that I would argue really is a ten and two team. They had one game at Middle Tennessee State. And that game meant nothing. They were in the conference finals already, and they mailed it in, RJ. They got three points in the first quarter, and they just shut it down, went totally vanilla, got smashed, lost the game 3-27. to And Then the next week played Middle Tennessee State for the conference title and won that game at MTS um, State. So I would argue that one game has turned a UAB 11-2 and team into a 10-3 and team and ruined their stats. I like UAB.
3: Ken. Yeah, I'm going with UAB. And Matty uh, Holt last week, he was our guest over here for the college play, but, but he made a lot of good points. And this is a UAB program that, you know, wasn't even around a couple of years ago, brought the program back. And this is big time for them. I mean, to win their conference and now to get into a, a bowl with some momentum. I mean, good, solid coach. And they're hoping that this guy sticks around because this guy's going to have a lot of job opportunities. And, uh, you know, I just I just like the way this Blazer program's going right now. Northern Illinois, when I watched them play in the MAC championship game, look, it was one of the most fortunate comebacks against a, a dynamite Buffalo team that really gave the game away. Buffalo was up 29 to 10, squandered an extra point, and it came back to bite them. They end up losing the game down the stretch and uh, a game that they should have had. But you know, Northern Illinois, they're known for defense. We saw them going to Provo, a 7-6 game against BYU. I think they're going to have trouble scoring against UAB. I think UAB's going to take care of business. I like it a lot. Now was this Maddie Holt's early pick? This was Maddie's early pick, yes. And it was his best bat. Yep. So
1: this
2: is a quadruple Best bat, Brad Powers. Yeah, I like UAB. And to me, it's more of a fade against Northern Illinois and their head coach, Rod Carey. 0-5 straight up in bowl games. 0-5 against the spread. To me, I get a five-game small sample size. But the margin is so significant here that Rod Carey might just not know how to prepare his team for bowl games outscored by 25 points per game, failed to cover the spread by 18 points per game. None of those five games were they within a touchdown of the spread. I'll fade them again here. Give me UAB minus the two and a half like. Okay. Now is this a situation?
1: I should press the button. Now is this a situation where we bet it early no matter what? Because one early, Because lines tend to get sharper. So if you're right about your pick, it's probably going to move against you more times than not. But number two, it's what the hedge fund guys call asymmetric risk. Whereas if he gets the three and you're laying it so much worse, what do you have to lose? You might have to lay three. What do you have to gain? Uh, You lay two instead of two and a half.
4: Yeah, I love that asymmetric risk. Absolutely. If you like a game at minus two and a half, what are you waiting for? Who cares if you could have gotten minus two, right, RJ?
1: If you knew you were going to get it. Yeah, yeah. you'd
4: rather lay two. You'd rather lay one, but it's unlikely to land one or two. It's much more likely that the game's going to land three than it's going to land two, one, and one the other way combined.
1: So absolutely play it now. Next game, OU, Ohio University, San Diego State. Shout out to Meigs County. Did they talk about Meigs County where you came from, Brad?
2: No. I just knew Halloween was big there on that campus.
3: RJ, RJ, is that Athens? Yeah. Yeah. My nephew just graduated there last year. This is the classic story because you're an Ohio State guy. Yeah. So my sister drives from Jersey to go pick up my nephew, my nephew Stefan, to see his guys, and going to take the guys out to dinner from his. So it's a Jersey boy that went to, o- went to OU. Went to OU, wow. yes. And so, uh so the guys are there, and and she had dropped him off at school when he started, and so he's waiting, and he goes, "All right, mom, I thought you said you're here." She said, "I am here. I'm over by the football field." He goes, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll be right out then." He goes, mom, where are you? He goes, it's not that big of a, you know, and she goes, I'm right here. Buckeye Boulevard. <laughs> she was, she was at Ohio state two hours away and had, and all his buddies that were waiting for my sister to get there to take him to dinner. They're like, all right, see you later, Steph. See you later. Steph. <laughs> hey, all, but that was like the classic. She's, she's in Columbus instead of Athens. <laughs> well, listen, when I was growing up, Megs County was
1: famous for their, uh, the weed, I guess you'd huh. say. I don't know if it's still the case, but you'd often hear, uh, I think I heard rumors about this. It'd be, uh, this is Megs County's finest. Scarface on repeat constant, y'all. <laughs> 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 All right. So, Fez, uh-oh. Uh-oh. What do we got? You thought the tension? just beginning in this corner he's combative he was a boxer in the navy amateur ken thompson in the other corner not a lot of confidence in the colleges but somehow he keeps batting. steve fezzik fez it's a road game for you as avon said avoid those road games you go first
0: This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview.
4: I go first, and I like San Diego State, and I do have a lot of confidence with this pick, R.J., a little conference. You might schedule. want to start handicapping so Let's do it. So San Diego State has <laughs> held every opponent all year long to 31 or less points. They have an enormous edge on defense here. And look at the schedule this team has played at Stanford. Arizona State, at Boise, at Nevada, at Fresno. Some really good teams. None of them have had great success against that San Diego State defense. Contrast that with the Ohio defense, which gives up 26.5 points on average. The two toughest teams Ohio played all year long, two toughest games at Virginia and at Cincinnati, a huge edge San Diego State D.
1: Hmm, I wasn't much of a handicap, was it, Brad? No. <laughs> Is this just one of those games someone gave you? Maybe.
3: <laughs> I feel a lot better about that. Ken Thompson. Here's the thing with San Diego State. Their offense is an absolute joke. Doesn't matter who quarterbacks, whether it's Agnew, the freshman, whether it's a senior in Chapman, they rely on the running game. And Juwan Washington missed some time. Jasmine stepped in. They have one receiver, Trevelyan, that's pretty good. 27 yards a carry, but he or a catch, but he only has 22 receptions on the year. This team struggles to score. So their defense might be good, but you got to score points to win. Enter Ohio with a solid quarterback, a dual threat in Nathan Rourke. Guys rush for 13. He's thrown for, for 22 more. And then you got dual threats in the back. You got two guys in the backfield, Olette and Irons. These guys over 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns between them. Pappy White will be the best athlete on the field. And I know Juwan Washington's good, but Pappy White's a dual threat. This guy can receive it. He can run it. They've got Meyer, Odom, and Cox. I'm telling you, this team, Ohio, they will score points. And Solich has been there. Now, he's not the greatest bowl coach. He's five and nine. But at the end of the day, I like Solich. I, I respect Rocky Long, but I think the San Diego State offense is probably the worst that he's had in probably the last decade. I got to be honest with you. I, I read Ken pretty well. I don't think he's so confident right now. I'm very confident, RJ. See, But now he's saying he's confident, Ah, which makes me think he's not. Here's the thing. (laughs) I I promise you that I, I, well, I hit the the buzzer, man. (laughs) No, no, listen, listen, I will say this, Ken.
1: I have a couple options here. Okay. One, if I want to put you on tilt, I would wait and say, Brad, whatever you say, I'm going to. If you go against Ken, but I know what he's gonna do, so I would just do that to put you on tilt. I usually want to put other people on tilt. Yeah, no, I'd be. Interested I don't to particularly see what want to. Put you where, on to? No, I would be. So to see where Brad is? Uh, so so is let me ask game. you a I'd question. Yeah. Unless if you ask me nicely, I won't press the button. Otherwise, I'm going to press it. But I'm going to let you decide. No, I, 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 I want you
3: to do what you want to do, RJ. There you go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I thought Brad, you were reaching for the button. I might. I I don't. I will. I will take Ohio against San Diego State all day and twice. Well, you've got four hundred. I will. If it's six (laughs) hundred, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) My God, I don't think you guys have watched San Diego State. Malachi Crunch. I know I haven't watched it. I know exactly. (laughs) I don't think that's the best bet of the year. And and I know Fezzik hasn't watched him. So, (laughs) right, Brad, bring us home.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be on the San Diego State side, obviously. Here's what I've seen from San Diego State, Ken, and I agree with you. Offensively, terrible this year. And where do we see that show up? When San Diego State's laying points. They can't extend margin against anybody. In fact, San Diego State 0-8 as a chalk. Last I checked, they're getting points though here, Ken. And what did they do in the underdog role this year? cover against a very good Fresno State team, beat Arizona State outright. Arizona State's pretty good. Win on the blue turf in Boise with that pathetic offense outright. The one thing Ohio does really well, run the football, well, that's San Diego, State, uh, San Diego State's strength on defense. Number four in the country in run defense. Give me the Aztecs. We're buying them low.
3: One and six against the number. Last seven games, close the season. We're buying the Aztecs low. Losing Thank to you. UNLV at home. I mean, talk to me about San Diego State. This is a team that played their best ball early in the year. So good luck, you guys. All three of you are going to need it. You know what I love, though, is that there's no vig. Like, to me, when you're laying the
1: 110, everything's got to be right. Here if I just think we have a plus 102 edge it's worth betting absolutely and a little line move projection I'm
4: do more of this obviously in the NFL than in college football but I would be very surprised if this spread doesn't drop from 3 down to 2 later in the week mm. now
1: is this be, is this because you're giving it out right now
4: no, that would just be a, a blip on the on the great wine um, move I don't know. overall. Ace
3: Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. RJ, I, I will tell you that I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country.
1: Ken's like, I'm gonna scream! I'm gonna, scree- I'm gonna sc- <laughs> Ken's gonna like scream
3: over the Ace Rothstein. Dro-
1: <laughs> that's my drop You're
4: talk uh, over <laughs> De Niro and
3: Casino. I will just say oh, that yeah, I'll have I'm will glad I got I, against you now. I think I'll have a little better. Uh, Crowd participation as well. Trust me, people will make the trip from Ohio. You, I think there'll be maybe seven or eight people from San Diego that are going to go to Frisco, Texas. That's what's fun about the Novig, though. And and guys, that I don't know how
1: would people do it. I guess just get with your body. Like I guess I could replicate this experience. You know, I've actually read about, and we've got only two games left. By the way, (laughs) a Crossfire Best Bet Auto Five Hundred auto 500 and a triple like, I mean, talk about a way to finish a show last 10 minutes action packed, but a quick story. Fez, you probably know more about this than me. There was, I think it was Chip Reese. We were talking about him earlier. There was some deal where they were using the newspaper line. This is like the poker players in the early nineties, maybe, but a guy had to bet three games a week or three games a day. I, no, Now I think about this, it might have been in that one of a kind book about Stu Unger. But the theory was that the, the, the guy, it was some, they were playing with no VIG, but it was, uh, but Stu had to bet three games a day. So the, the, the theory was on one hand, there's no VIG, but on the other hand, you got to play a little more volume and it was a trade off.
4: Well, if there's no VIG, you could play the whole board though.
1: Well, yeah, I guess if you're... So you're saying if you have an edge even on a handful of games and all the other games are a coin flip, yeah. That's interesting. If I told you you got to pick every NFL side from the uh, bookmaker line and the bookmaker line isn't going on 101s or you know 107s, so it's going to be half points. Every game, all season, would you lay 103? Yes. So you could, you could beat 103, but
4: not 105.
1: See, that's interesting. That is interesting. So I, something we got to brainstorm on. What could some of the listener, cause in theory, maybe they could just do it blind is you got to pick five picks amongst these. Ga- maybe we'll put the games out. We're going to do, you know what we could start doing next year? We could put the games out. We're going to do like on Monday and then other groups can start having their fun where they all got to submit five picks before Wednesday to each other. Right. I guess in theory, there'd be a impartial third party that would receive them. And wherever there's the overlap, you've got a bet, and you bet each other no VIG. So there's 15 games. Let's say you got to pick five. You're probably going to get two. If you have like three or four people playing, you're going to get, you know, five, five crossovers a week. And make it for whatever you want. It could be 20 bucks. It could be,
4: you're making a case for why a betting exchange could be enormous one day.
1: Yeah. But you know what? I was talking to a guy that understands the European stuff, uh, but better, you know, in my, from what I can see better than anyone. In fact, I'm, I'm going to give him a little shout out here in a second. Cause he runs a business too. He knows Matty Holt. And, uh, he's a famous poker player. This guy actually won at the time, the WPT, uh, where it was the biggest prize pool in the history of poker and uh his name's Martin D Kniff K N I J F F how would you say that kniff kniff like knish from rounders boy you you i mean it's like you're like you know how like a grandfather when you just hope they understand what you're saying and then if they say something like uh yeah the, the, he uh, he's italian it's like boy i'm hungry for pizza it's like there's <laughs> like a there's like a vague connection and, <laughs> I, I, like why like, why would you say that? I because <laughs> the name sounded the
4: same? Yeah, how many names start Knip? upipp up
0: I play for money. my kids eat. <laughs> there
1: you go, all right, anyway, his Twitter is. Oh Lord, M D K E N T. Uh, then it looks like wait, no, it's M D K Entrepreneur. So M D K. So that's his initials, M D K Entrepreneur. And uh, oh, he knows his stuff though. Oh, geez. they were. Um, I'm not sure how much of his bio, but he was part of a big betting group back in the day, and really knows the European market. And his point to me was the exchange time has come and gone. Because if we're moving towards 70% in game, you can't do that on an exchange, right? I mean, it's so fast. How do you do it? Yeah. It's a, so, so, so someone's got to be a market maker. And it's
4: a nightmare. Someone puts up an offer and then they don't take it down. And then there's a 40-yard pass and their order gets filled and they get crushed. And plus,
1: the in game's moving more towards, is this going to be a run or a pass? I mean, like this idea of betting the game again and again within the game how how long does that go? Oh, I think it goes a long time. Well, in, what I'm saying is it might be a nice chunk of today's market, but once you can bet everything, what percentage is is just re-betting the game going to be?
4: Yeah, we'll have to see. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I think it'll be a, well, again, I think Europe is 10 years ahead. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to have him on with Maddie and do a round table come February and uh, about the future sports betting and in the, in the regulations and such. By the way, if you're not, now that we're moving towards post-football, we're going to have surprise guests. I got a big name, quite frankly, almost locked in. And subscribe. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. And, you know, usually I would do a commercial here, but next week or tomorrow's NFL is so big, I'm going to make this baby commercial-free. And let me talk just for a moment about next or the NFL. So Fez, it was that it was at hail, not a hail Mary, but we had a good week in the super contest. Four and one, me, you and Maddie on the podcast. Uh, We pick the games live and, or I guess in front of everyone. And then we submit 5,000 bucks. Winner takes 640, winner takes all 640,000. One person's ahead of us by one game. It was moving week and we moved up. We moved up. And then there was, uh three people tied with us, right? There were two. And then one guy went 5-0 and o behind us. And then a lot of people dropped. So in a weird way, we not only have moved up, but it's thinned out. We're right there, RJ. And for all the listeners out there, here's
4: how the process works with the sausage. Maddie Holt and myself we text RJ, 60% winners every Friday night. And then well, RJ- This season
1: it's been 60. Let's not act like that season.
4: And then RJ reaches in and takes those cumulative 60% winners and turns it into 65% winners by
1: eliminating the lemons. It's been good. I've been on it. We had four underdogs. They all four won outright. It was like, we were laughing, making this. It was an old ESPN shirt. It shirt. The simplicity of this game amuses me. Bring me your finest meats and cheeses. You could
4: argue that we were very <laughs> unlucky. We really had a great chance to be five and zero.
1: Oh, week. Buffalo looked good. And but the good listen, the good news is our next pick was was a loser. It would have. I mean, well, I guess it could. Well, listen, I was batting the Bills no matter what. The pick that was the one I would have swapped out either Minnesota or Chicago which we would have, obviously, I didn't like many, but you did. But I didn't like Chicago, but you did. So, you know, it could have went either way. But we would have taken the Browns out. That was our fifth pick. Mm -hmm. Because remember, you actually like Carolina. But then the more we looked, the more you thought about it, and then we heard about Cam shoulder. And the coaches, disruptions. Yeah, it it really did. And then we ended up getting real value. Now, the line ended up moving back. I guess maybe the market thought there was a real chance Cam wouldn't even start. Cause on game day, it moved back to Carolina one. I and suppose.
4: Carolina won the overall yards
1: once again and lost well, the game. All right, boys. So here's the thing. One you're seeing, I mean, imagine the super contest gold winner. And right now, and the rumor is, and we'll see, I'll tell you tomorrow, one of the online sports books reached out and they're going to put up odds on who's going to win this. Cause we're involved, right? Cause you know, there's a general interest, I guess. And, and, From what I gather, I think we're going to be favored, even though we're one game back. So that'll be fun. We'll announce that tomorrow if it's out. But also, we've announced this before. 25,000 cash. This isn't Tony Soprano style. It's going to one of my company. 25,000. We're throwing a Super Bowl party. And here's the way the invites are going to work the invites are going to be. We're going to give it out on podcast. We're going to give it out on radio, give it out on Twitter. You go to a specific thing and there's going to be a set amount of tickets, but it's going to be in the thousands. I mean, think if we have a thousand people, we are spend 25 bucks a person, right? Do the math and Super Bowl party here in Vegas. So if you live in Vegas, right, easy enough. If you're coming to the Vegas for the Super Bowl, easy enough. If you're thinking about coming to Vegas, this is that incentive. And obviously, there'll be a bunch of weeks between us winning it, potentially, and the Super Bowl. So, Fez, we're going to the Super Bowl and Brad uh, for Fox. I mean, imagine that week. We won the Super Contest. We're down there hobnobbing with Bradshaw and the other Fox guys. Well, probably not, but still. and (laughs) Maybe me, but, you know, very unlikely you, I think, Fez. You're going to have them show you how to hold the football with the finger on the, on the edge of it. And <laughs> it's <That's> true. Uh, <laughs> and then we come back here for our $25,000 party. That's a good week. That's what we're doing, guys. So listen, if you listen to the NFL, great. If you don't, this is the week to start. Subscribe. And here's the thing. And this is the last thing, and then it's blossom time. The bigger this party can get, the more we can provide you. Now, wait a minute. You're saying, RJ, if it's 25,000, it's going to be divided by the people, you know, participating. That means less shrimp if more people come for me. Well, okay, I hear you. But here's the difference. I've already had two different properties here in town reach out and say, hey, we'll give you the sweetest of the sweetheart deal if you can get X number of people in here. Because for them, the theory is we're going to be talking. Come on. We're throwing a $25,000 party. We're going to be talking about it on Fox every day. So they figure it's advertising expense. So if we can show them, hey, look, our last week's pod had 450,000 listeners instead of 350. All of a sudden now, they give us a sweetheart deal for a bigger room and now we got more money to spend on the shrimp and the booze. So do the simple math. If there's ever a time... If you got a friend that you think, or friends or your followers on Twitter, that you think might like what we do, and you guys, your support is how we've, quite frankly, been able to grow. So thank you, thank you. Now is an opportunity. Tweet it out. Do whatever. Tell your email, text, smoke, signal, whatever, and let them know because the more people we get listening for these last couple weeks, the bigger the party can be because we're going to have more leverage with one of these uh, casino slash hotels in town. All right, two games left.
0: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pen and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind.
1: All right. Well, it's
2: Brad's best bet. and
1: it's a crossfire.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take in the New Orleans Bowl. Middle Tennessee plus seven. To me, the number one factor is a fade against Appalachian State. That's Middle Tennessee's opponent. Why? App State's got that interim coach. And you take a look at what App State's dealing with from a coaching aspect. They lose their head coach, Scott Satterfield. They lose their co-offensive coordinator. They lose their defensive coordinator. They lose their strength coach. It's one of those early bowl games where you don't have a lot of time to prep. That, therefore... Losing a bunch of those guys in that man hours is going to, in my opinion, magnify itself. Taking on a Middle Tennessee team led by a head coach who's coaching his eighth bowl. Significant coaching edge to Middle Tennessee. And I talk motivation here. Middle Tennessee, father and son. Last time, son plays for dad. A four-year starting career for Brent Stockstill, the quarterback for Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee brings the emotion, just like they did against the Sunbelt team last year. Middle Tennessee plus 7 best bet.
4: Fez. I'm on app state. This team is undervalued. They're 10 and 2. They only have two losses. I'm aware the coach is heading for Louisville, but let's look at their two losses. They lost in overtime at Penn State, pretty good team, and they lost at Georgia Southern where they had a minus 5 turnover differential. So I would argue they this team could have run the table and been a 12 and 0. Middle Tennessee State, this is a team I followed closely because it was my one college football season win that I bet over, and I got there. And the reason I got there, we talked about this game already. UAB, Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State wins that game 27-3 to when UAB just mails it in. When UAB shows up, UAB beats them in their own house. Appalachian State's better than UAB, I would argue. Appalachian
1: State gets the win. They get the cover. All right, guys. Here's what we need to do. The line's between six and a half and seven. And we actually had six and a half in the report, but I'm not exactly sure when you guys are seeing that number. So here's, I'm going to make an executive decision is, and you guys can decide between these two. It's either going to be six and a half and then Brad's plus 105, right? Cause no vig, or it can be seven and, and Fez is, uh, plus 105. So do either of you guys have a preference? No. I'd rather make it six and a half so we have a, a result. Is that cool? Good. Yeah. All right. So in this case, it's, uh, Brad's getting a, a quarter point less in theory, but you're getting the plus 105. Agreed? Agree. All right. And this is plus 550 in this case.
3: Auto best bet. Ken, who do you like in this baby? I just lean towards uh, Appalachian State. I, the, the reason being, I love their defense. I think this team's real. But again, Brad makes great points as far as all the coaching changes and whatnot. And I do enjoy watching Stockstill. He's one of my favorite players. And I like the father-son combination. So it's a game that I lean to App State. I think they're a solid team. And like Fez was saying, they could easily be 12-0. They blew that Penn state game, the opener and that tough game against Georgia Southern on the road against the option and all those turnovers. But I lean app state, but I'm, I'm probably going to be rooting for middle Tennessee state. So I just uh, hope it's a good game for both these guys.
1: You know, one thing I don't think about enough, cause I'm not doing it like you guys in college and putting the picks in is the idea that there's a fear. It's like, you gotta have five picks and you don't have any idea if like two other people are going to be like, it, it's like, it's almost like a, there's a game show element to like, you gotta be forced to bet. Meaning, Fez, you didn't know this was Brad's best bet. Oh, of course. You not. gave a like and now, now you've got a $500 bet on it. Love it. It's like, it, it's like, it's like even without your consent, it's like the, the, the gambling gods are bigger than even your consent. And it's not even just a 500. Oh!
3: What were you saying, Ken? I was going to say, it's not even a guaranteed just 500 because RJ could turn around and press the green button himself. You are so right. That's the only edge. I, I mean, let's be candid.
1: I'm, I'm just talking about swimming in sharp waters here. I don't know any college. I'm just reading people's eyes. <laughs> You're the I, poker I'm player. I'm like playing a poker exactly. game. Exactly. I'm playing triple draw low ball, <laughs> and I don't even know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any closing thoughts? All right, last game. And last game actually is... One of those, like we said, best bet, triple likes. Oh, wait a minute. Both Ken and Fez have the same best bet. And Dave Esler.
3: And Esler. This is a triple best bet. I think I was under 1700 for RJ if he presses the button. All right, Fez, you start.
4: All right, I, I think Fresno's awesome. I'm sure the other guys are going to talk about that. So let me talk about why I don't like Sparty and Michigan. I'm sorry, why I don't like Arizona State here, and it's all about Arizona State being overvalued. They went four and one in close games, and I want to talk about one game in particular. RJ, if you re- recall, back in September when it was 100 degrees, Arizona State beat Michigan State at midnight Pacific time. By the time that game ended. And that win against Michigan State was so about the schedule, so about the situation, and their luck continued all year long for Arizona State. What was the
1: line in that game?
4: The line on the game was Sparty minus three, I believe. No, like minus six. Didn't it drop all the way down?
1: You're just making stuff up, man. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Sparty was Sparty was favored by less than. A, I
1: think it was like seven and a half, and it went to six. Yeah, it went down to six, but the, okay. the, the so, and they won the game. Arizona, State so the market won said the, was six. Arizona State won the game. I'm guessing at six, you didn't bat it. Because why well, exactly? So even at six, you could have got more down. You said no, thank you. That line seems no. Better. I
4: think I would have even bet it back. Well, then. why you didn't go back, you? There was, was no the hypothetical. Best, it was the best bet back in
1: September, where I was betting against Michigan State. But what I'm saying is, it's one thing. This is what I don't understand with you. Maybe you're right. The line. All things equal should have been seven and a half Arizona State underdog. And then because of the situation, it should have went to six. But when they win the game, they still won as a six point dog. Well, I think the factors weren't it
4: wasn't priced enough. How what a big advantage that was. We talked about that game. Brad, were there's numbers,
2: right? Close four and a half. So it did move more than a and point. And they still out. won the
4: game. Yeah, yeah, they they were losing in the fourth quarter, and Michigan State, the sweat was pouring off of them in the desert. And it that was why midnight. the line moved. Yes, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> so, bottom line, Arizona State over way overvalued, and I love Fresno. Bet big on Fresno,
3: Kent. I was at the uh, Las Vegas Bowl, and I'll be there again this year. Last year, I watched Oregon rest Royce Freeman. their great running back. I watched them get destroyed by Boise State. It wasn't even a game. They got blown out. It was absolutely embarrassing if you're the Pac-12 school. I think you're going to have a similar situation. Look, Herm Edwards done a nice job there, but their best player – He's also sitting out. Nikhil Harry, this kid will be one of the top two wide receivers taken in the draft. Without him, Arizona State's going to be in trouble. He's their guy that really stretches the field, takes pressure off a pretty solid running game in Eno Benjamin. But without him, I think Manny Wilkins is going to be under duress. And Fresno State... They're, they they do not make mistakes. I mean, Ronnie Rivers, Mims, pretty good wide receiver, uh, pretty good running backs. The wide receiver, Keyshawn Johnson will set a Mountain West record with one reception for the most consecutive games with receptions. Jared Rice, keep an eye on this guy. He's another Kelsey type for the NFL. This kid will play at the next level. He's big time. He was key in the win against Boise State in overtime. That helped them get to this game. I think Fresno State rolls. They got a heck of a defense led by another guy that'll play at the next level. Jeff Allison, 121 tackles. He'll lead the way. Wilkins under duress. I think Fresno State rolls by double digits. All right. Ken Thompson.
1: Okay, in a second we're going to have Brad. He likes the under. So an actual like on the total. But this is the third of the triple best bat, Dave Esler.
5: College football bulls Saturday. I like Fresno over Arizona State, and here's just some of the reasons to like the Bulldogs. Fresno State brings 27 seniors to this game, two years removed from a 1-11 and season, going for a school record 12th win. It matters to them. The Fresno defense hasn't allowed more than 20 points, but once this season. In the nation, second in points per game, second in points per play, second in opponent's red zone scoring, fifth in opponent's completion percentage, which could matter against Arizona State. Reasons not to like Arizona State, McKeel Harry skipping the game, going to the NFL, guy had over 1,000 yards. What's important here, that's 600 more than their second leading wide receiver. They got a defense that's allowed 30 points per game in the last five games. Arizona State were not in Sun Devil Stadium, 2-4 and this year, with wins over SoCal and Arizona by a combined four points. Arizona State's had three weeks off, maybe some rust. Fresno just two after beating Boise, just like a bye week, more in rhythm. Fresno beat Houston, another up-tempo solid offense, last year in the Hawaii Bowl, and I think they'll put away a Pac-12 team that's been overrated most of this season. Fresno, minus the points, I'd love to see what Ken Thompson has to say about his bulldogs.
1: Well, we know now triple best bat. And guys, that's the beauty. I mean, we're doing this stuff a week ahead. We're doing the, uh, you know, the advantages of their late releases. And if you just look as hot as the boys have been, the college experts this year, the idea that, I mean, just long-term, it's unequivocal. The late releases do better. So... This offer and it bears repeating is there's a coupon bowl b o w l ten one zero use it on anything that's good through for uh, Sunday and then through Friday this special one forty nine for Brad or Ken or two forty nine for both so you're saving an extra chunk there extra fifty dollars plus you're saving your ten by the way Brad or Ken had a historic number of buys when we put uh, out one of his packages, maybe six weeks ago now. And he let us know 26 units, 20. I mean, Ken, let me say this. We don't want you to sound, you know, we don't want you to sound like Brad going overboard with this stuff, but, (laughs) but the fact is 26 units up for the people who bought then. And he was up big before that Fez. You're pretty much betting his stuff. I mean, it's funny usually with a public handicapper, you know, you're going to be using it, but then sifting through other things. You bet a ton of Ken stuff.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I help Ken get down. He's so busy with the schedule. And I got to tell you, RJ it seems like every time I see Ken Thompson, I'm handing him cash.
1: Well, listen, around these parts, that seems to be a a common thing lately. I don't know. And somehow Fez is winning. Like, it's crazy. It just shows you the abs and flows of sports batting. Okay, Brad, first of all, you lean Fresno. Why not a like? And then tell us about the total you do like.
2: Uh, It should be a like on both. I just prefer the, the total more than the side. So actually double like. Like Fresno State, the boys have talked me into it. But still prefer the under. Why? Arizona State. Can mention it, Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver out. I'm really concerned how Arizona State is going to manage points against a very consistent and a very good Fresno State defense, number two in the country in scoring defense. Another couple points on why to like Fresno as well, uh, besides the under. First bowl game for Herm Edwards, how does he prep prepare his team? Something totally unique to a guy that was coaching in the NFL. Yeah, but there's another
1: another side to that, which is he's a master motivator Mm. and the ability to motivate in these early bowl games matter. Can motivate his best player to play in the game. Yeah. Now, let me ask you the last question for me. Do you feel like when a player sits out the bowl, obviously he's absent on the field. It feels like that could be... uh, a demotivator throughout the team. It's like our guy, like one of our, our brothers in arms isn't here.
2: Yeah. It was, Ken brought up the great example. Uh Oregon's running back sat out this very bowl game, Las Vegas bowl last year and Oregon didn't come to play. They didn't even feel like, and weren't motivated at all. Quick question. We don't like Arizona state. We like the under, should we be playing the Arizona
4: state team total under 25 points?
2: Yes. All right. Any last thoughts, bro? One other factor I do want to mention, uh, Fresno State, Vegas, a lot of distractions. Fresno State played here earlier this year. Arizona State never plays in this town. Listen, Brad, this is
1: when he shines. He's shined the whole year. Follow him on Twitter, at Brad Powers 7, the mysterious 7. One day we'll find out. Fez, you can follow him, at Sports. F-E-Z-Z-I-K, me, his Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And remember, guys, check in the NFL. It's uh, could be history. Talk to you then.
0: Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at
5: RJInVegas. Live the dream with us each week.